Hello and welcome back. It's the full 40 with Chris, Willie, and Trevor, part of the Nova Insider Network and brought to you by Homefield Apparel. Uh, so real quick, guys, like like the, the Homefield drop happened. There's a new bomber jacket, light blue. It is with the old V logo, uh, the, the 1985, that, that one that Trevor's got on his hat. Um, that logo, light blue. It with a wild. I think it's got the wildcats. Wildcats across yeah. the back. Wildcats across nice the back. Striping. It is on its way it to my mailbox right now. Gorgeous. Chris, something something important, real quick. Can you pronounce the jacket name again? What? What, what kind of jacket is it? A bomber jacket. Okay. okay. <laughs> what, what? You heard it. You heard it, Trevor. You said bomber. <laughs> um, <laughs> Which I wasn't gonna say anything. It was a uh, it was a TJ Bomba jacket. Yeah, yeah, Um, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Um, That's that's great. I didn't realize I was so intentional about the way I pronounced that second B. But but people knew it was there. But it it is gorgeous, and I ordered one. I used the code full forty. I used my wife's email address Um, as a thank you to her. I got her a Penn State hoodie. Uh, and so that was my thank you. Uh, and then I, I bought, I bought a bunch of gear cause that wasn't the only thing that I bought. I went just for the jacket, this go around. Um, the great thing about home field is they have, like you said, you got the, the Penn state hoodie. Um, they have all the schools that are important to my family. So I'll be making a Christmas run for sure. Um, but all I cared about right now is the bomber jacket. Um, I was showing people in the stands at the game, talking it up getting a lot of buzz over it the light blue is clean it's fresh i'm excited yeah i i i didn't buy the jacket yet i bought a t-shirt this time but i mean i'm loving it i'm excited about the deal i what i think i'm gonna do is i i might just go rogue and start buying like a bunch of or a bunch of shirts for teams i don't even like honestly you just might see me start repping random teams on this catch me next week in like a valparaiso shirt like that's my that might be what my move is kind of going from here from here on now any any school that villanova beats willie has to buy a t-shirt and let's see if let's see if we can get willie broke by the end of this willie season. is gonna have 40 shirts <laughs> 40 and oh baby i'm gonna buy uh, multiple it, georgetown shirts yeah there you um, go every, <laughs> say, I was like, how does that work Every school that like Villanova gets confused with for people who aren't familiar with Villanova, so Vanderbilt, Valparaiso, I've gotten that a lot of times. I'm like, oh, that's in Villanova, that's in Nashville. I'm like, you're thinking of Vanderbilt, or it's like, oh, isn't it like the middle of nowhere? I'm like, you're thinking of Valparaiso. I don't know where that came from, but again, well, we, know, we know Willie won't be getting a Liberty T-shirt. No. <laughs> I will not be. Are we getting a Nova Southeastern. Oh yeah, Nova Southeastern, yeah, Nova Community College, the University of Northern Virginia. I don't know yep. if that's a real place. I, Not to be confused with West Virginia or the western part of Virginia. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Speaking of the western part of Virginia, 
Game of the week, JMU beats Michigan State. That's a great transition. Yeah. Everyone give him a round of applause for that. That was good. <laughs> um, which was the broad highlight of, of the non-Villanova uh, games that happened this uh, for the first two games of college basketball season. But, yeah, um, to wrap that up, full 40 uh, worth with a new email, get you 15% off that sweet, sweet bomber jacket. And anything else in the store. Uh, so moving on to uh, the game, because we, we finally got to see what the 2023-2024 Villanova Wildcats look like. Uh, the pavilion was rocking, especially at one particular moment, uh, but the pavilion was, was, was alive and rocking, and things seemed to be back. Are we back? Like, what, what, what are the takeaways from this game? Obviously, a pounding of... of um, of, of American didn't is not going to tell us a ton, but but we learned. I feel like still we got a we, we got a lot of new information. Got yeah. to see the guys play, whatever. So go ahead, guys. What were your takeaways from the game? I think the number one thing that I came away with this game is not even. I'm not even going to focus on the players. It's just the lineup versatility and the substitution pattern. Obviously, we were facing American, so yes, it's an inferior competition, but. Kyle did a really good job of like getting deep really quickly. Like I think we can begin to start to look at like, we are going to go nine deep and it's going to be our starting five, Mark, Justin, TJ, Tyler, and Eric. And then coming off the bench, Hakeem Hart, Jordan Longino, who looks really good in a comeback. I real I'm, I'm hoping, hopefully he's really uh, fully healthy. And then Hazen and Ware. I can say pretty confidently those will probably be the nine we see most every game. Now, Hazen and Ware, I feel like their minutes will probably be the ones that fluctuate the most depending on matchups, depending on fouls, flow of the game. Burton only played about 20 minutes today or on Monday um, because of foul trouble. He got in a couple of just like ticky-tacky fouls, so there was like less minutes for him. Um, That's where I'd expect to see them. So, one, just the ability to go nine deep and like – actually feel like it was a normal nine deep like eventually nana and chris came on but that was just more um blowout or yeah blowout time that was something i was really proud of and then the other thing was just all the different lineup variations we saw because we can go nine deep there's so many different lineup variations it's not just nine deep but it's nine deep where every single player is interchangeable more or less like honestly outside of armstrong i think everyone on the team is versatile to play like two to three positions like mark is basically your one or sure he can be a two but when mark's on the floor it's like he's very designated to being the one every other player had played multiple positions whether that was burton playing the five four three dixon playing the four and five Ware playing four and five everyone had a lot of versatility to him and i was really excited to see that and that led to length that led to while there was defensive communication issues, it led to a lot of um, just really interesting defensive play. Uh, I was happy about how we looked. I was happy about the flow. So for me, that was one of those games where I was very proud of just like it looked the way that it should. It wasn't like, oh, we kind of looked weird and then like we pulled away. It looked the way that it should have and we played the way that we should have. So that's what I came away with that looking re- like thinking really good of like Kyle's management of the lineups and then our lineup versatility. I mean, I on the on the length and the versatility point. The I'll just say that I think this team has a high defensive ceiling. Clearly, not there yet. There was a lot yeah. of issues, especially in the first half. It was 
it was messy at points, but which is fine. It's always messy. Every year we come on here and say the defense is messy early, and we all know it's because the switching defense is tough. You got to communicate. It's just, it's, it's a lot of. There's times where you're supposed to switch. There's times where you're supposed to not switch and cut above a screen. There's just a bunch of stuff and wrinkles to the defense, and it takes time to learn. Uh, but, but the, but the fact that every player can guard three to four positions honestly guard them not just yeah. like not just like hey we switch we don't care we'll switch dixon on to the one like whatever like i mean like all the guys in the middle of that roster can go can go almost one through five yeah. right like and the fact that they have that capability will put us in a lot of positions where we're not going to get mismatched to death by teams like it's going to be difficult now the communication has to improve can be expected especially with a lot of new faces in the program but but I, I have a big, I have a high faith in the ceiling of this, in the in this defense. Let's just hope that this team can get there, and that's on Kyle, um, as well as the leaders on the team to make it happen. Now, Trevor, you were there. Yeah. Um, tell us about the Finn. I heard that there's a little drama about the concessions, but <laughs> but 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 tell us about the Finn. What did you see live? What was the what was the vibes like live? Um. So yeah. I uh, I was there. One of my friends had an extra ticket for me, so I, I happily uh, drove out for it. Um, immediate first uh, first impressions were, oh, it's great. Like, you know, same old Finn for me. Upon walking around, I turned a corner, and the concessions are totally revamped on at least the second level that it's all, like, self-serve now on at least one side. I don't know if I did a complete lap. Um but they took out the um, the concessions on the area by where they have the San Antonio Final Four court on the wall. Um, that's now a uh, a bookstore outlet location where you can get a custom jersey made. Oh, well, they have a uh, like a, a heat press um, and blank jerseys that you can get. You know, whatever number and you know your name or specific player names made. Um, then in there, which was pretty cool, I thought. Um, I know Wells Fargo does that for Sixers Flyers. Um, I'm sure the other pro sports arenas do that too. Um, so that was pretty cool to see. Um, somebody mentioned that they wanted a, a Bomba jersey immediately, and I was like, well, if you go around the corner, you can get one made. Um, the uh, <laughs> the serve-yourself concessions, uh, that's a thing now. You just – pick out whatever you want from the fridge, go down and, and pay at the computer. Um, I'm not going to bring up what I texted Willie about. He got really angry about it. I guess I have to bring it up now. Um, they do ask you if you want to tip yourself, essentially, because you are serving yourself. So there will be a prompt to, to ask if you want to tip on it. Um, I suggest do what you have to do on that. Um, Why are you so anti-service workers? <laughs> I'm not anti-service workers. It's just I'm doing the work here. <laughs> You've earned um, I have earned the tip. Um, yeah, so that was interesting. I know um, Eric the dad uh, tweeted that he was a little upset about how uh, – It's not put words in his mouth. He just – Okay, he just, well, he, he – spoke okay, factually. His, his, <laughs> he, was, he was upset that he got some stale popcorn and a bottle of uh, a lemonade, and it was like $20. So 
that's reporting facts, I think. He did not say he was upset. That is not yeah. fact. He okay, he tweeted that he bought stale popcorn and a lemonade and it was twenty dollars. Yeah. Heard from that that is all know. he said. That's all he said. That's no, all you're he facts, said. bro. Um, but it was good to see him. I didn't actually get a chance to talk to him. I saw him from um across the section. Um I got to meet Tommy Scoops in person. That was fun. Um, listen to the mainline minute brought to you by No Insider Network. It's got a new episode out today. New episode tonight as we just speak. happened um the pavilion was loud um especially in that hectic uh scramble for the loose ball everybody diving nah nah taking <laughs> multiple bodies out with him the dixon block on the other end um it got loud which was fun um it's always interesting those early season games especially against inferior opponents you wonder how the crowd's going to be um, and early on, it was a little uneasy as the game was a little bit closer. Um, but as we opened it up a little bit and big plays were being made, it, it got loud, it got fun. Um, and it was just, it was a, it was a good experience. It was a good game one. Like we said, it's, it's American. It's an inferior opponent. We were supposed to win by 30 and, uh, or 22 was the line or whatever it was. Um, I told my friend, I would like to win by 30. I think we won by 27. Um, so no, it was great. Um, looking forward to going back on Friday. Awesome. Well, let's let's talk about the play, right? We got to talk about the play because that got all the play on social media. Duke is responding to Villanova about it. It was a whole thing. Um, I, I love it. The play was awesome. The play was terrific. I, Trevor, you referred to it. And Joku comes flying in. I, I just lost it. I just lost. Okay, it, it was it was, it was a it was a, a Burton or Bamba like Bamba. tip into the backcourt. Yeah, Bamba dives for it. Then Burton dives for it, and then Nana came in like <laughs> he slipped ten he seconds slipped. too late. Yeah, like sliding like sliding into home and just completely obliterated the uh, the American player. But the best part was it was right. It was in the backcourt right in front of the Nova bench. And like, they had to hold like the coaches and everybody were like holding each other back. Cause everybody was up and screaming in all the players faces that were diving all over the court. It was like for, for Villanova fans and, uh, and uh, just program people. That was like pure ecstasy of like, this is what we mean when we say 40 minutes of Villanova basketball, that was kind of, and you know, haters will be like, it's just, you know, people diving for who cares? But no, that's like, if you know, you know, that was, that was what it was all about. Like Hausen had to be held back so that he didn't run onto the court basically. And then the block on the other end, the transition three American needed to talk it over timeout, just the place exploded. It just was absolute awesome. pandemonium. I think there was more excitement for that play than like any of Cam's posters last year. Like the pen one, like I just the level because it also built. Like it yeah. built up. You had the dive, then you had the second dive, then you had the oh crap! You had a pause, and then you had Nana almost kill someone. Yes, then you Nana almost kill, and then you had oh they're about to score a layup on the other end, and then whether it was Eric or Justin, I can't really tell who got a little piece of the ball. Then that happens, and then Burton comes in transition. It's just like fuck it, I'm putting this up, and then it's a transition three ball. Like it was just everything that you wanted it to be um so it was a really it was a really fun play uh just to see live that transition three ball reminded me of one of my favorite players of all time miles powell True. True. <laughs> honestly one of my favorite one of my favorite non-nova players of all time 
This is Miles Powell podcast. He's my favorite player that's <laughs> currently it's, suing his former. It coach. has a history of being a Miles Powell podcast. <laughs> in fairness, I like the story that when Coach Wright was like, "Hey, I'm glad you're finally leaving the Big East," and he was like, "Well, I mean, you've won two national championships since I've been here, so I don't like." <laughs> I'm not sure how I'm the problem. Also, <laughs> like, also, it wasn't a backhanded gonna... compliment, but in that frame, you're like, "Right, right," because you guys have done so poor. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. All right, so like, here's the thing that I came. I, I'm just gonna try and summarize it really forty yeah. like high level, right? I'm talking, I'm talking business terms, right? From a forty thousand foot perspective, uh, but but seriousness, like, the the biggest takeaway that I had is that at least for one game, and it is just one game versus American, it felt normal again. It mm-hmm. felt like, hey, okay, like, like. If I had to project off of one game and one game only, like, okay, if last year was a blip, right? But, like, obviously we need to see how they play, play against better competition, how they see and they how they play in their turkey tournament in the Bahamas. Like, we got to see all of that. But it was for one moment in time, for 40 minutes in time, like, it was Villanova basketball is back, baby, right? Like, and that the, was – The transfers appear to have bought it, which yes. is key. And the guys that stayed – stayed bought in that was the biggest thing for me to see um you worry about that from year to year especially if you know we heard a lot of buzz about nana he didn't really get to play until game was decided second half under 10 minutes left but all those guys diving all over the place like the the culture is still there and that's what i think was the biggest like relief like okay for like you said if if for one game only like this is this is Villanova basketball. The new faces have bought in. The returning faces are upholding the tradition. So that was that was really cool to see. But seriously, someone got in Bamba and Burton's ear and said, "Do the diving thing," because the fans will really love you for that, right? Like, like, they're, like they're like, if you see any ball hit the ground, dive, right? Like, write down, like, put that down in your notes, dive. <laughs> it worked. It worked. I'm a sucker. I'm such a sucker for it. Everyone's such a sucker for it. And it was it was great. They could have scored zero points. I was like, oh man, I saw them do that. They're bought in. I respect there, that. There are two things that I kind of really liked from this game. Um, one was Hakeem Hart. I I know I said Burton's my favorite player and like uh, on the team like already. I kind of called that like a couple weeks ago. Hakeem Hart might be number two. He just does it all. Like you want to talk about the definition of a blue, a blue guy? You can already see it. I loved every minute when he was kind of being the lead ball handler. I loved his efficiency kind of being off the side of it. Like I liked how he got us in transition. I was a very big Hakeem Hart fan from this game. It was a really good first introduction. I think he finished 11, six and three, just like real balanced. And then the other thing was just in general, like the ball was moving well. Like, I don't think it got too sticky. There are a few, like, post-ups, but that was just kind of, like, what it looks like. Uh, we actually had seven post-ups uh, on the day, so it wasn't, like, an absurd amount, uh, or post-up possessions, I should say. Um, so it wasn't, like, an absurd amount. But I think overall, like, I just, like, looked at it, and I was like, this is, like, moving just well enough. There wasn't the classic, you know, uh, drive, kick, 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 drive, kick, kick, three-ball motion that we had, but, like, there was enough drive, kick, couple passes around the perimeter, find an advantage, and then kind of go in the lane. Um, that was really positive. And then, honestly, like, if we talk about passing, we just talk about the team passing, you have to call out Eric Dixon, who displayed a level of passing that, like, we had never – we've never seen from him. 
and not just that we always knew he could pass, but there was a lot of on ball reps with him driving and creating for others that we didn't see, which for anyone who cares about the draft, if Eric's going to be an NBA player, that's one of the things that you want to see from him. That was a really positive thing. We were playing, playing American. So grain of salt, but the, his ability to pass was another big surprise for me. Yeah, I mean, I mean, look, Alpha Dog at the game, there you could pass it to a lot of different candidates. Dixon was mine. Uh, like Eric Dixon was just like such a difference maker yeah. um, on every end of the court. Like they had no answer for him offensively. I thought he had a good defensive showing. He is, as we said earlier, that he looks like he is more light on his feet. He, was he is fast. moving like he's light on his feet. That guy is walking on air. He right, was like, turning corners that like I have never seen from him before, and just getting to the like the the pump fake drive was like it looked like you were watching it on three x speed compared to last year. Yeah, he went end to end on one play. Yeah, literally came down with a rebound, just drove it end to end, like couple couple moves, and goes up high for a for a layup. He could have absolutely dunked it in in motion. He didn't. He kind of just laid it in nice softly, but like he absolutely could have dunked that ball. This guy is, I mean, it's kind of like, in a way, almost like Gillespie-ish, where it's like every time you think a player is kind of like, hey, he's really great, and he must be at his peak, right? He just finds more. And the bag of tricks is, is, is crazy deep right now. And the, and the passing. He had three passes. He had the one whip. It didn't end up converting. Uh, Bamba should have gone right up with it and kind of, and kind of upfaked, which fine, like whatever. Um, but like that whip pass that he threw, he threw that ball probably like a hundred miles an hour yeah. to to Bamba inside. That thing flew. That off was his the hand. Bamba pump fake, pump fake under the bass. Like that's the classic yeah. Villanova guy catches it right at the rim instead of just going up and dunking. Oh yeah, pump that fake, a... dribble, pump fake, pump fake. Uh, almost a three second violate. Yeah, that was <laughs> classic that was like Villanova. <laughs> classic Kasim Drummond. Uh, Kasim Drummond, Antonio Pena play right there. That was spot on. Um, but but yeah, that pass and then a couple. He had a couple uh, dump downs down low where he almost kind of got into a little bit of a two man um, down low in the paint or caught a cutter that I didn't even see the guy coming. And he's like dropping dimes like around. Like uh, he was unbelievable. He was absolutely unbelievable. Uh, and if that's what we're getting from Dixon this season, holy fucking shit! Watch out, Big East, because it's it is gonna be it is gonna be the Dixon show in a big way. Well, you got to watch out because Soriano is a hundred percent three point shooter now. Um, <laughs> he did. He did drill two you know. We'll it get was, to that. It was interesting to see. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Dixon took it to another gear, um, and I don't want this to sound bad but like last year it was almost like especially early in the season when Justin and Cam were out Eric just didn't have somebody to really pass to he was asked to do too much yeah, yeah. so this time last year he didn't have anyone to make those passes to now he has four legitimate options around him like we said at all times if it's going to be Hazen in the corner nobody's helping off Hazen it's going to be Justin, Bamba, Burton, Hart, whoever on the wing. Like he has the, all these options now that if guys are going to be converging on him to clog the lane, somebody else is going to be open. And as we saw, he is a willing passer. He's trying to make those plays. And he was, he did, he carved them up. 
it was very fun to watch. And and whispers, he played a little bit of the four. Yeah, <laughs> just a little bit. He and Lance played together a bit. I think he and Nana played. He and Nana were on the court together too. Like it was, yeah, that was fun to see. Um, he's I playing his natural position. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it took five years, but he's there, yeah. baby. He played four yeah. finally. Um, but it, yeah, he was terrific. The shock fit man played the game. I think has to go to the whole fucking kitten caboodle. The Lance right. Ware made yeah. an early entry for it. Um, but but yeah, yeah, I think it has to go to the whole the whole the whole the play, right? Like we'll play, it's already the play Lance, of the season. Are you talking about Lance Ware's block? Yeah. I mean, no, just, his, or his dunk. No, uh, when he I just think I'm talking about the block. It was a first half play, so it was on the other. He had a first half play where he caught the ball. He got to the rim and like stepped through, just dunked on this kid, like baptized this guy, which is what I thought you were talking about. Um, I was talking about the block on the other end. Okay, yeah, um, where he 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 almost like sort of let the guy go around him a little bit, but then just absolutely stuffed him to like a turkey. Yeah. No, I agree. It's it's first of all, it's it's. We're keeping it as the Shaq fit man play. Yes, that it is decided. the Shaq fit yeah. man play of the week. We will think about another name. But speaking of naming rights, did you see a uh, Jay with a uh, uh, right way for the road? Yeah, um, I did. Yeah. yeah, Jay was there. He was hiding in like the mid lower bowl area um, across from the Nova bench. He kind of somebody pointed him out to me and like i i had no clue that he was at the game somebody pointed him out like halfway through um he was liking what he was seeing um i don't think he was texting at halftime or anything like that so it's always good (laughs) kyle wasn't checking his phone so um yeah but yeah right way getting named i think before the or dedicated i guess um before the saint joe's game in on uh november 29th so that'll be cool um, free throws looked fine. Um, everyone shot free throws. I'm like just thinking about things. Like, yeah, well, I think if it we were... made our free throws, we would have won by 29. I think. <laughs> yeah. Missed two, I think, two or three. I can't remember. Yeah. Unacceptable. Uh, but yeah, other other takeaways. I mean, look, Willie said that he was he was pleased with he was he really liked Hakeem Hart's game. I predicted that I'd be this kind of guy going into the season and kind of on the tail end of last year because he was the first transfer, but uh, Bamba, man. I I am going to be hitting the la 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 Bamba meme a lot this year on Twitter. Like it was, it, it, he, I just love everything about, about it. He is absolutely yoked. He is Um, massive. He is massive. He's long. He's athletic. He's almost like a cross between Dylan Ennis and like like strength wise, like almost like an Admiral Schofield from Tennessee type guy. Like he is he is so chiseled. 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 Absolutely chiseled. Um, but it was but yeah, he was uh I, I just liked everything about it. The dives were there. Uh, the three-point shot, they were talking on the broadcast. Um, so, Trevor, you wouldn't have heard it, but they were talking a lot on the broadcast about how they've been working on the the, the speed, how quickly he gets into his into his, into his shooting motion. Uh, and quick, the, the release was pretty quick. Um, he shot the ball well. He had a couple shots from fucking South Campus. Um, and so yeah, I love that. And guy can get up 
super athletic, defends well. Like, yeah, I just he's everything that I look for in a in a in a Villain O player. Like after one game, <laughs> I'm already ready to say it. Um, if we want to nerd out, he had the highest net rating of any player. So yeah, there's also there you that. go. Thanks. That was my next question. Bam. <laughs> <laughs> so paint touches from Marquette will uh, he'll 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 like what I said. Um, I wouldn't know. He'd probably blocks me. <laughs> That's anonymous <laughs> ego. That's anonymous ego. It's a different guy. Different guy. <laughs> paint touches is cool. Yeah. Uh, the the other guy who I'll just call out, um, not that he needs to be mentioned, but Justin Moore uh, looked. He scored the first basket, just very steady, just in control. Um, when he was on the floor as the guard, so Mark Armstrong started, which which was an interesting takeaway. We'll see kind of what how, how that progresses throughout the year. Uh, Armstrong didn't have a have a super strong game, but he didn't make any real mistakes. Either. I didn't think he, he just, played poorly. No, he, yeah, he, no, was, no. he was the first sub out, I want to say, after like three minutes. Um, For Longino. Right. Um, he looked good. Longino looked great. Um, Justin, I think anytime that he's going to be on the court, it's just going to be tricky for Mark because Mark is the guy you want to let loose and let run. And Justin it has that methodical pace to his game. And... Um, as we saw, he's like, no, I'm going to back this guy down from the foul line extended and get my shot. Um, I would like to see more passing from more. Um, but like we said, it's, it's one game. Um, I mean, if we want to talk ball, Justin Moore had the worst net rating on the team. So <laughs> should we cut Justin Moore? That's my comment. Like, I don't know. <laughs> but but the, the, the cool thing about Justin is that he and and Eric to uh, both of them kind of know when like okay these guys defensively are are stretching us way out they're coming mm-hmm. way to us and now now's the time to go down low like they're reading defenses really well it happened a lot early with Justin Eric because we struggled to score a little bit because I think we wanted to get the ball whipping around and moving and those guys just went down low and just started beating them beating the brakes off of them um on the post-ups and then finally that and then finally it loosened up like i don't know right around 10 20 points into the game it loosened up and the ball started whipping around but like it's almost like it's almost like it was like a football team establishing the run so they could move to the aerial attack yeah that's like the perfect example actually i think um yeah super methodical early on um and uh and then that opened everything else up yeah all right. Uh, was there a pass the fucking ball award? I don't think so. Um, the refs were letting everybody play. I didn't think Kyle had short. Le- I I think the only time that I felt like there was like a short leash was um, pausing got caught on like he made like a, a poor decision on a on a high pick and roll, which led to a, a step back three or something like that. And then he got yanked, I think, almost immediately which was like the only time that I thought like, oh, he kind of has a short leash, he being anybody on the court. Um, the good thing with that, though, was what I, I mean, and obviously we're playing American. We didn't go to zone when Hawson no. was in. No. We stayed no. man. So that he was, was positive. He was chasing. He was fighting over screens and running yeah. around like a crazy person on defense, which he did last year too. But it was more so he was scrambling last year, it felt like. Yeah. Um this go around, it seemed like he was intentionally like 
no, I, I know where I have to get to and I'm getting there first. He, he did cut under that one screen and he did get pulled. I kind of agreed with the poll. Like Jay would have done the, 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 the same. Exactly. Oh, absolutely. But, uh, but no, but I, I agree. It did seem like for the whole rest of that game, he was, he was, he was there and doing what he had to do defensively, which is, which is good. Like he was, it, it created issues last year for this, for the team. Obviously they were less deep, but like create issues when you wanted to play Hosman because you wanted to get some buckets, you wanted to get some, some three balls in the air and, and you had to slink into a zone defensively. It was just, it's just not what we do. So it was, it was tough. Yeah, we had a we had a full court press going for or the three quarter court press going, um, which was fun to see. You had Lance Ware, I think, and Armstrong or more at the top of it a couple of times. I think that would be like a Hakeem Hart role moving on. Um, anytime he's on the floor, it was just we're we have so much length now in our lineup, um, and like you said, the interchangeable parts make it real. Like it, it could have been anyone, you know what I mean, kind of thing. Um, we were talking about this in the group text earlier, but like this is one of the longer teams we've had. Like just like I I was just like I mean anecdotally I don't have the team wingspans up, but like it might just be the, the longest in like fifteen. Yeah, yeah, just <laughs> the net ratings. And I have synergy up too, but uh, assists. Yeah, it might be the longest like longest team we've had in like since like the. 2009 teams maybe like the 2012 team was as long but they weren't as good so it's a little bit different um but like I need more 20... about 2012 <laughs> i'll pass uh <laughs> 2018 was like good but they weren't particularly long like i'd say like because it was smaller guards right. um so i don't know it's just an interesting thing and i think i'm curious i'm excited to see for the rest of the season Willie, me and Trevor are also like sitting up and like and like here on the screen, and you're just like down here. <laughs> it's the desk. Like if I'm like sit up in the desk and it's up here, and I can't go back, it's like weird that I can't see the screen. And I'm now I'm seeing I'm missing the Villanova box score. So it's, it's a whole <laughs> thing. We'll we'll get hey, a better setup. Can, can I ask a stupid question? Go ahead. I think I know the answer to it, but this always kind of flabbergasts me. When people say people are long, they mean their arms and legs. Yes. 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 That's literally like, okay. I, I remember hearing it. I specifically remember hearing it with Brandon Wright in 2009. Cause I remember watching him on UNC and like, dude's arms are so long. And my friend was like, yeah, he's like one of the longest players out there. And I was like, that's a weird thing to say. <laughs> um, and I kind of like, it's one of those things where I hear it. And I'm always like, for sure. Like I just agree with anybody that says it. But, it means relative to their height. Right, because most bodies are proportional, but I understand some people like have Mikhail Bridges Mikhail. fingertips. He's a great he's, he's the prime example, but like we called him long boy in our group chats. But like we're looking for genetic freaks then. And I know we're kind of doing that anyway with like height jumping and running, but like you would also like yes, an almost yes. deformed person whose arms are like stretch armstrong. Yes. yes. Yeah, actually, yes. That's okay. well said. Yeah, like, yeah. Mr. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, Thanks. I've never had the confidence to ask that. So I'm, to <laughs> well, I'm glad you worked it up on a live episode. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but the, but yes, the, the, that's what it means. Right? So, so there you go. Uh, I'm glad we got that answer. That's, that's terrific. We've made some progress today. Um, it's the first time we've ever educated anybody about anything on this podcast. So, um, Don't get okay. Used to it. All right. 
let's talk let's talk Lemoyne, uh, the fighting dolphins of Lemoyne. Um, yeah, they got absolutely blown out by Georgetown uh, uh, yesterday. Uh, I know I said I would watch. I did not watch. So <laughs> tell me a watch. story. What um what happened? What was the situation? What did they look like? Did Georgetown <laughs> actually look good, or are they just that bad? They made Georgetown look really, really good. Um, Which we did that last year, so we know how that feels. Or no, no, Georgetown made us look good last year. Yes, y- that's what I meant y- to say. Yes, and then we almost made them look good. We almost lost Georgetown Roulette last year, um, in the MLK game, but. Right. They they look they look really bad. I I don't have any big <laughs> Willie. Um, do you got a scouting report on this, or are you just going with the Ken Palm? Ken Palm says we have a ninety nine point nine percent chance to win this game. So I like did a, like as much. I didn't watch the game, but like watched some highlights. It just looked like Georgetown was overwhelming them physically. That's just like what it was. Uh, Lemoyne could not shoot. There was like miss, open shots that were missed. Um, they like missed a lot of threes, but like it was just physically they were That's overwhelmed. Georgetown home court advantage. Yeah, <laughs> I'd imagine the same thing will happen with us of physically overwhelming them. Maybe they get White Hoffman three, and we're here on next week talking about a JM, JMU type loss where I will walk off the Verrazano's Niles Bridge. Um, but this beyond that, like it was just they were they were outmatched. Um, they might be fine in, uh, I think, NAC, right? Yeah. They might be fine in the NAC, but, like, they're not meant for Big East play right now, um, at least this early in their in their D1 career. Um, it should that was, be – That was the quote, right? Their, their coach said, yeah, there's there's D1, and then there's Big East basketball. And yeah. I think that says it all. And that, that is true because, like, I mean, Big East basketball – Big East and Big Ten are historically very physical. Right. Like, it's just, like – that's just what it is. Um, and it's an introduction to D1 basketball. And you got that from Georgetown, who, like, of the last 10 years hasn't been that physical. But Cooley's always had physical teams. So I'd imagine Georgetown would just be physical in general. And then you have us with whether it's Shaq Fit um, or, or what are we calling the new strength coach? Do we have a name? Is, for- is, it, is, this, is it Jack Mack? Is it Mack yeah. Fit now? Mack Fit, McFit. McFit. I don't know. McFit. <laughs> We don't well, know yet. We don't yeah. know yet. That's why we don't have a new name. Whatever for whatever whatever it is, we're just still the same yoked team like that we've always been. Um, so I'd imagine we're going to see a lot of that. Even if the shots not going down from us, we'll be able to just out physical overwhelm them. Georgetown out rebounded them by like quick maths, uh, twenty three. So it, that's kind of where that's going to come in. So this is a chance for. I mean, I think. Eric Burton, could have a 20 and 20 game. <laughs> a Burton double double, like with like rebounds. Like it's just gonna be one of those. Um, depending on how off how long they play. Um, but this would be another good game to kind of work out some kinks in there. Ken Palm's got the line at 44. Oh wow, that high? The line the Ken Palm line. So usually, yeah, especially this early in the season, Vegas kind of holds true to Ken Palm. So I would expect the line to be somewhere around 40. Um, I would bet the under on that. Why not? The, the under? Or you mean you're betting for LeMoyne? Yeah, I'd take LeMoyne plus – it's 40 is a lot. 
Yeah, yeah, well, we'll see what actually it comes yeah. out to be. But forty well, is a lot. We, but like, if we yeah. had our free throws, we would have won, we would have won by thirty the other night. So, yeah, like forty is a lot. I mean, sure, but yeah. <laughs> Trevor, they're fucking free. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, they're cheaper than the popcorn. Like, <laughs> a lot, a lot Take cheaper. <laughs> Twenty dollars cheaper. Um, and then we got Penn because we're yeah. not going to be back until after the Penn game. Um, so we got the University of Pennsylvania Quakers in our first game of the new Big Five organization, um, and that is at the Palestra. Yeah. They're playing at at Penn. Uh, Twelve point favorites by Ken Palm. There, eighty-eight percent chance of of winning that game. Willie, have you done a deep dive on them yet? Like, what's their answer for losing uh, Dingle? Uh, slacker. Uh, Schlacker, it's supposed to Clark Schlacker is supposed to take a leap. Uh, they kind of leaned on him a bit in the last game, I believe. Uh, I mean, it was John Jay University that they played. Schlacker at 14. Um, so that and then uh, good old founding father action. Yeah. Like they I would say up on Bucknell today. Oh, OK. That, yeah, I haven't looked at that game yet. Yeah, they won. They beat Bucknell by 19. OK, today. so that I mean, I mean, we know Penn's going to be well coached. We know they're disciplined. They're also old, which is another like issue uh not issue but just another thing in their in their hat um they're they're rolling out what one two like two seniors and like five juniors um so like they should be good but yeah everything will kind of run through clark schlacker um how does schlacker do today chris i'm not looking at that right now i'm on kempom so i don't have okay just yeah the box uh 11 points uh 11 points and okay. five rebounds. Uh, so that's good. Tyler yeah. Perkins had 24 points. Tyler Perkins, okay. And, and like 14 rebounds. So he went he went crazy today. So, yeah, I mean, they – they and Tyler Perkins also had, what, 15 in the game versus John Jay. So, like, Tyler Perkins, I have nothing on. I believe he's a freshman. So, like, maybe Tyler Perkins is also part of their, their answer to that um, as well. But – I mean, it's going to be tough to it's tough to replace Dingle. Obviously, uh, you lose that individual one on one scoring. So, I'd be interested to see how they do it. They're actually like pretty decently big, I'd say. Uh, Schlacker's the smallest person on the floor at six one. Everyone else is six three and up uh, through six nine. So, like, there's a lot of versatility there. So, they'll be able to match us size wise, if not like be slightly larger at times. Um, depending on how many other bigs they throw on the floor. But are they um, longer than us? No. Uh, no one's longer than us. No. The Villanova long cast is what we call us ourselves. Mm. Um, but uh, obviously, like, there's – Big length guys here. I'm going to let that one sit. <laughs> We're just going to let that one sit, ladies and gentlemen. I'm, I'm drinking tequila. It's tequila. I'm drinking tequila. <laughs> Anyways. Um, uh, Shouts so- to – Susan Falvey. Shout out Susan Falvey. Um, but yeah, so there's a bit more like length or not length. Jeez, now you got to be thinking about length. Uh, they have a bit more size across the board. Uh, <laughs> what they lack in like the individual talent of Jordan Dingle, I think they'll make up with like just continuity and being older. But like it's one of those games where I could see us rocking like 25 25 for a bit and it's like, all right, what's going on? And then we pull away um in that situation um but that's what what i really got on pen right now um 
going to be doing a little bit more of a dive in our on our fourth opponent, the University of Maryland, where I'll have a little bit more prepared for that. Um, they they have some great names on their roster. Maryland? So I'll just call that out. Uh, yeah. No, um, oh. I'm talking Penn. Penn, yeah. So Slacker, you keep saying Slacker. So that's 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 a good one. Tyler Perkins. That's a that's a very good but like normal name. I like this guy's next name, Cam Thrower. I like that. I like that. I like Augustus uh, Gerhardt. Augustus Gerhardt's a great name. Johnny Walter, so close to the Scotch. So <laughs> close to the Scotch, Johnny Walter. Um, and then they got a guy named Reese. Anytime you got a, a guy named Reese, that's good. I like that. Reese McMullen. Augustus Gerhardt sounds like a like a D three Leclac Leclac lacrosse player. <laughs> sounds like it's related to Augustus Gibbons from the Triple X uh, sequel with Ice Cube. That was Samuel L. Jackson's character name. I'm the only one that saw that movie. I know that, but <laughs> I've seen that's that's State of the Union, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, you, quote, you, Brian, you know what? You know I've seen it. Yeah, I figured you'd seen it. <laughs> they also got a guy named Chris Ubachi. Like that. Okay, that's my new favorite player in America. <laughs> I don't know if I pronounced that name correctly. It might be Uboki, whatever. I don't uh, know how to pronounce this one, but Jake, and then his last name is HSU. Jake uh, That would just be like a, a shoe or something yeah. like that. Great names. I'm cool. And then also, I mean, they also have the advantage in coaching. Like, let's just call that out. Yeah, he's a, he's a good coach. Yeah, I, I really like him. So, I think – that's kind of where we're at with Penn. We'll see uh, what Donahue brings to the table. Penn Sneaky has like a weird schedule. They play four games in the first week of the season. Like they have John Jay, they play Bucknell, they play St. Joe's tomorrow, Friday, and then they play us on Monday. And then it kind of like spreads out. But that's just a lot of games like in a week. Like I don't – four games in a week is kind of wild. Um, so yeah, that's weird. Yeah. Especially to start the season, so maybe they're going to be tired, and we'll just blow the doors off them easier. Lou uh, Lemoyne doesn't have too many great names. There's a guy named Mike DePersia, which is kind of cool. Trent Mosquera and Oh Cipher Owens. Uh, is that what we're going to do? I kind of like this as a bit. We just pick our favorite names from each team. We yeah. play. Oh Cipher Owens is a great name. That's that's my pick. Ocipher Owens. I don't know if that's how you spell it. Ocipher, whatever. <laughs> I like Ocipher. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're pretty bad. They're, they're really bad. I'm looking at Ken Palm, and it's just like there's no way to slice them not being awful. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, and it's and, and Ken Palm always just you, you literally uses, like, percentage chance to win, and it's usually just, like, double digits, and for whatever reason, this LeMoyne gain says 99.9% chance. Yeah. So, speaking of Lemoyne, Georgetown. So let's whip, whip around the Big East a little bit. I think we went backwards of what Trevor City wanted yeah. to do. Yeah, but but let's do, do a little little instant reactions uh, from the uh, from from the Big East uh, so far. Uh, so we are ten and one as a conference, thanks to Paul. We will not uh, be ranking DePaul. We will not be yes. ranking DePaul unless. But there's a new there's a new trend that's going to come out. Called Tank DePaul, uh, so that we can tank DePaul, so that we can get John Calipari. So this is—I have not seen anyone else push this agenda except you. Um, I'm just throwing that out there. I don't follow as many um, 
Biggie's Twitter people as you do, but you're the only one that I've seen that's like oh, trouble in paradise in Kentucky. Calipari would be great in, at DePaul. Like you're you're the only one pushing this agenda that I've seen so far. Let's say this way: if I'm right, it would be like an all-time I'm, moment for me. Exactly. If I'm wrong, exactly. there's like no ramifications to this. Yeah, I just want to put it out there that Chris is the only one and deserves all the credit if this happens. And there's no one around that finds old predictions and then calls the person out later. That we not have. at all. So you're saying I am not worried about Brian. Definitely not producer Brian. <laughs> That's my favorite hobby. No one, I, I, especially not the guy who literally produces and listens to every word I say. <laughs> um, yeah, DePaul dropped one. Embarrassing. They got Rothsteined. Um, Georgetown, like we said, beat the brakes off LeMoyne. Creighton, I think, won by 50. Um, yeah, Creighton was, yeah, Creighton was, Creighton Creighton was really Creighton. solid. I put them on for like four minutes. They played like Florida a and I put them on for the first four minutes, and I was like, they are going to absolutely blow the fucking doors off this team. Yeah, I think Seton Hall had it tough with St. Peter's early on and then pulled away late. Um, trying to think who else. Like, that, UConn took care of business. UConn took care of business. Butler, Butler really took it to um, – I forget. I mean, they got Posh, and Posh was treating like great team win. Like, I think Posh is all in on being a bulldog. They got uh, Jamil Telford, who was at um, Northeastern, uh, and like I actually was a really big fan of his as well. Like I, I think Butler looked pretty good. Marquette took care of business. Um, Providence, good first, good strong first showing in the Kim English era. Yep. Uh, St. John's Columbia got to watch out for them every few years. St. John's had their Patino moment. And boy, boy, the media is really jumping into the Patino thing, isn't? Aren't they? It I am. Is. I am already so tired of it. <laughs> like Soriano has been coached for five years from different development, and everyone's like, "Oh my God, Rick Patino grew a jump shot for him. Like he's shooting. He's shooting a hundred percent. He made two threes. His first two threes in his college career. I get that. Good for Patino if he was the one to empower him to actually shoot the shot. But you're n- you're not telling me that like he wasn't practicing that since he got on campus. Like the same thing with Daniel Oshefu. He was shooting extended foul line jumpers and practice and warmups and stuff. We're like, Oh, he has that shot kind of like, and he like, you know, everybody is practicing every shot always. Like this is the thing you see with Rudy Gobert was shooting three pointers in FIBA. Like all these guys that don't have an outside shot, like you're going to be a professional basketball player. You can hit any shot. All right. I like I am so over I'm I'm done with the Patino (laughs) worshiping. It was one game against Stony Brook. You won by 16, 20. I I don't know. Like I I, the media is driving me crazy. We're going to get an immediate kind of kind of gut check with them because they play at the Garden versus Michigan on Monday. So so I think I think we'll get an immediate gut check on. on It'll be a reality check potentially. I don't think Michigan's that great. I don't think Michigan's good either, but um, I but just... if they win, man, oh man, the media just fucking yeah, sent it. It's Look, gonna be like the beginning of the deal. You're gonna have to, you're you're gonna have to save like two or three minutes for me for every pod just to like complain about the Patino <laughs> Patinoifying of the Big East media. 
and like people that I like and respect are are <laughs> saying all these singing all these praises, and I'm just like, oh my god, like. Austin put out a three minute highlight clip with Godfather music behind it. It's- Which I will say that's like okay, that's his bit. He did the same. I thought the video he made for John Shire with the secession theme music <laughs> was actually pretty funny uh, and pretty cool. I was like a little bit jealous because we still don't have like a Kyle Neptuneism. Um, I think Rothstein Sweet was just like Villanova looked like old Villanova. They won by a lot of a lot tonight and shared the ball. Um I don't think we've gotten to the point yet where we have like a thing for Kyle Neptune. Um, and I'm jealous that John Shires is really cool. Um, yeah. But I am Patino, Patinoifying the media is going to drive me crazy. It's, it already it's has. so good, though. The coaches are so good in the comments. It's so much fun. I like. I know, but it drives me crazy. I, I didn't hate. I didn't hate what I've seen from Patino thus far. No, like I haven't been like that in on like the media like blowing it up. But like when P- Patino was talking about like having fun coaching, I was smiling. I was like, "Yeah, I'm glad you're having." No, fun. I'm not saying he's doing anything wrong. I'm saying okay. the media's coverage of what is happening yeah. is driving me crazy. Okay, Patino has it's... been fine in how he's handling everything. It's cool that he's like, we're St. John's. We're going to play in big arenas. They want to do a game in Arthur Ashe Stadium next year, which would be insane. Which would be really cool, yeah. I would go to that. I think they're, yeah. they're, they're trying to like set it up against Duke. Like That would be really cool. Patino is fine. It's the media portrayal that is driving me insane, to be fair, to right. be clear. And so, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> yeah. It, it's here's the thing. It's it's a little bit of an easier storyline than pushing the Cooley storyline because with the Cooley storyline, you got the Providence fans going absolutely fucking bonkers. So it's like that's like they're. I think they feel more comfortable pushing Patino, which it is hilarious to be like, hey, <laughs> of all the people, Rick Patino is the easier storyline to push this right now. <laughs> We're pushing our prodigal son who did nothing wrong in his time away from the conference. He um, has done nothing wrong yes. ever. Yeah, let him enjoy his 13 seconds of this fame. Yeah, he always gets out to fast starts, which I think is awesome. Like he's quick, right out of the gate. You, that's the joke I just made. I know, but nobody reacted, so I get to take it. <laughs> Brian, Brian really hammered it. It was really you didn't do a good enough job with it. I said 13 he said the 13 seconds, seconds which is is more specific. <laughs> but you should have said 15 seconds. But it's the joke has to just blast off right away. So you just. You know. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> there was an article about Ed Cooley that came out on the athletic this week. Dana O'Neill wrote about his like daily walk routine and how he, a part of his walk is going up the stairs that they used in the exorcist the stairs, which is like so poetic and just perfect for him, for what he's dealing with from the Providence side of things. Um, Do you guys so- think because Papa John is no longer a Louisville booster that Rick Pitino brings them into the St. John's fold. New York is known for pizza. That one Syracuse booster was a free agent. So there's kind of a precedent set for boosters switching teams. I think Papa John is going through his own issues right now. I but it'd be nice to kind of get a little rehab tour like Pitino has. Like people, I think he's too, I think he's no. too toxic. Yeah. I, I mean, New York loves pizza. I don't know. You guys are closer to New York than me. So P- Pitino is going to get like some. Morrow's is king of New York pizza, first of all. <laughs> It's my favorite slice. My favorite yeah. slice. Authentic piece right here in Times Square. <laughs> I don't know what Patino's ads are going to be in the city yet. I haven't seen any, um, but but it's coming. Um, 
Yeah. So, so I guess like stock up, stock down, one game reaction, any, anything changed so far for you guys in terms of your expectations in terms of where teams might finish in the conference. I'll I'll start. I, I thought that Georgetown was going to be last. I'm, I'm now seeding that the Paul will indeed finish last in this conference. (laughs) So that is my, that's my one thing. I'm still on team, you know, tank the Paul for Calipari, but the, but the, uh, but yeah, they're there. They were bad. They were really bad. And Georgetown looked at least competent granted against a bad opponent, but competent nonetheless. Uh, so I, I think that Georgetown will finish ahead of Paul in, in this year's. Okay. That's not just me. Chris is. No, no. Chris ranking. is freezing. Other um, than that. It's, it's finally not me. Um, uh, I'm back. I'm back. I think I'm okay. back. Okay. Yeah. All right. It's okay. not you. Other than that, us, us. I feel. I feel like. I think I had us at like fourth or fifth. I think we have every chance to be a top, probably top four still. But like, because I just don't want. It's hard to jump Creighton, UConn, or Marquette. But like, it, it's definitely possible. Yeah, I think I'm holding uh, my stock that I established last week. I. Georgetown, I think, will be a bottom three team with any com- with DePaul for sure, and then uh, probably Seton Hall um, and Butler. Uh, combination, a mix of those. Um, I think the top four still looks like any combination of Marquette, Creighton, us, and uh, UConn, and then Providence looks good, I guess. Um, so Providence to lead that next year with St. John's and, uh, and, you know, Rick Pitino, the savior and, uh, and everybody else. I'm holding, I'm holding. You're holding. Yeah. I really? would say, yeah. I'd say I'm holding on basically everything. Maybe I'm like looking at a little bit more Butler stock. Um, just like, I like what I've seen from term. I like what I feel like I like seeing with this team and like, I like Posh. I like some of the pieces, but like not enough to buy anything. So I'm basically holding on everything. I'm still anti Creighton this year. Um, I'm just, that's, I'm putting my stake in the claim. I'm just, I'm anti Creighton, which totally means they're going to win the title. So go bet that. Um, but um, I'm yeah. in on November Posh, but you have to remember this, this guy tends to have issues in January and February. Up and down and up. Yeah. And down. I'm going to so, buy now and I'll sell in January. <laughs> Or December, right before it happens. There you go. All right. But yeah, so, nothing else really. Yeah. So I mean, I'm I'm just excited. College basketball is back. Oh, I have one other thing we got to talk about. This media thing, with like Jeff Goodman puts out an article, Seth Davis retweets it and says, "Yeah, whatever." Blah 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 blah. Like, oh. We need better games in week one of the college basketball season. I've made my thoughts clear on this in that I don't care. I like the first week is I'm happy for first week, kind of like get the jitters out, play worse opponents, whatever type things. I'm a diehard. I pay attention anyway. Their commentary is like getting the other fans involved. I don't think those other fans give a shit to Thanksgiving anyway. So like at best, but but curious to hear your guys' 
thoughts if you guys have any different opinions on on the week one games. I tend to disagree with Seth Davis and uh, Goodman in general. Out of pocket, um, yeah. <laughs> out of uh, out of uh, yeah. That's usually my philosophy. Um, I'm with you. I think you know if if certain team like the Champions Classic kind of thing every year, where like the second or third game suddenly is like Duke and Kentucky or or Indiana and Kentucky, like whatever the big names that that do have those games annually, like cool. I I get what they're saying, but you know they. They likened it to like all the other league, like professional leagues having like Super Bowl rematches in week one and stuff like that. But like you have to remember, like the Jets play the Raiders in Thursday night football this week as like that's the premier game on Thursday or next week, whatever it is. Like there's duds all over the place. So I, I don't really follow their logic. I'm, I'm fine with the warm up till Thanksgiving and then turning the corner. It's a long season. I, I I think Thanksgiving is when it should happen. I like the fact that Thanksgiving is kind of solely the NCAA's. Like football happens on the on Thanksgiving Day, but that entire week is college basketball. Um, what I think would be interesting is I understand what they're saying. There's definitely an opportunity to kind of make a claim. I think what they should do is actually kind of completely separate. You need the actual tune-up games to like be tune-up games. I need think you need need those. What they should do is the week before, just have a bunch of exhibition games where you get to see high-level teams who aren't playing each other play each other for charity. So, like, the Purdue-Arkansas game that happened, like, two weeks ago, I would like to see a lot of that. So you get, like, these high-level – it kind of gets you into the season. You have these high-level teams. The games don't mean anything, so it's a little bit of fun. It goes for a good cause. You sell out arenas. I think that's a good way to kind of strike that balance of, all right, these teams are getting tuned up because it's not – it's not that like what's more important that, that the game counts or that it happens. And I think for like at this stage in the season, it's more that just it happens. So I'd like to see like on like you put them on the big networks at ESPN, you have a chance for more money. Let like have more of those level of tune up games do ticket sales, go for a charity for whatever split the difference. I don't really care. Um, and then that's a way to kind of get the season started. Then you can kind of roll into like, are right, you roll into whatever your week, first week games. And then, they have the Champions Classic. I don't really think it's that big of a deal, regardless. Like, you have the Champions Classic in the first week or the second week of the season. I can't remember when they've started to push it towards. So, overall, like, I don't really think it's that big of a deal. But if there was something cool to do, it's an opportunity to take a swing and do something different. Well, kind of echoing what Chris said, I, I didn't see any of the original tweets, but I, I fully agree with him. Um, college football, first weekend, there's usually two ranked teams playing Memorial Day weekend, and everybody else plays crap teams. And that should be the template for college basketball, not professional basketball. And the other thing, whenever teams lose early and they're seeding for the tournament, it gets thrown out anyway. You'll always hear, oh, that was the first week of the season, so it doesn't yeah. matter. So why play relevant games when they're treated as irrelevant later? Like, I, I agreeing with what everybody said here, it's just it seems like just they're complaining for something to complain about, and they're the first ones to throw out a really good team's November loss because it was in November as if that's not part of the season. Like. Well, and and not they just want like some big splash because they think it's going to get people back into college basketball, and I just don't think they're working in a in a in a, in a reality. Like, look, you're not going to hold them. Till There's March. only one sport that gets people back in immediately, and it's yeah. football. That's right. the only thing. Yeah, yeah. Conference Baseball, play gets people back a little bit that are more than yeah. casual. 
And right. then tournaments, conference tournaments is when the casual people start tuning in. Yeah. You're not going to get them seven months early because UCLA played Illinois, like whoever. Yeah. 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 I, I, I'm, I, I guess kind of like agree. Plus also like, look, we talked a lot about what we like, what we saw, whatever. But like the reality of the situation is, is that the basketball isn't very good right now. I don't want the casual fan tuning in because if they tune in, they're going to react like this sucks. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. But like if they're not, if they don't have a rooting interest and don't know the players or whatever, it just looks like a crap product at the moment, which is, it's, it, it's kind of the point. Right. So like, so like I, I am kind of, I'm kind of of the view of like, Hey, like let's, let's let the teams work some kinks out, get that under out of their way, out of their belt, like under their belt. And then after they tune up for a week or two, like go all in on the Turkey tournaments, like, like you say like, Hey, this is the start of the season. This is fun. Like whatever, like, and, and then like, yeah, there's a record, but like, who cares? Like, there's so few good non-conference games anyway. Why are we going to burn them in the first week of like, oh, that team wasn't ready yet. Like, it's great to see those in like mid, early December. Like, I think whenever yeah. we play UCLA, like there's other good games going on then. I don't want that November 3rd. Like, yep. Right. And they're also the first people who say like, well, why don't these teams play other teams mid-majors to give anyone an opportunity right. well now you're telling them to play all the made ma- all the big major teams to play each other week one and like yeah there's some arguments to say oh why doesn't why doesn't duke go on the road to play at you know quinnipiac I, I, like, yeah wh- who cares right? right like i don't care anyway there's like, 300 some teams but they can't all play each other guys right but what's great is there's a big tournament at the end where like the conferences don't really matter and then you know <laughs> It's actually easier schedule. to win than the conference tournaments. Yeah, the TV. Yeah, the TV's booked. Like the games can happen. <laughs> um, Willie, how are Nova Knicks doing right now versus the the Fighting Wembenyamas? Uh, they blew him out. Um, it was um, yeah, they blew him out. Uh, I was watching up till halftime. Brunson had a stretch where he went like hit three straight threes. Um, Brunson had twenty five. Played well. Uh, Brunson's been playing pretty well. Josh. Josh and Dante didn't really like do much of anything, but it was such a blowout that it really doesn't matter. Um, Arch got to play. So that's a big uh, plus. So four Villanova players, Arch's second game of the year. Um, but <laughs> take that, that TJ McConnell. <laughs> oh man. Ryan Arch is like to the, this year's Knicks as Chris Arch is to this year's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Um. <laughs> uh, I don't think uh, just quick whipping around uh, Jamal Murray's out uh, for the Nuggets, which does mean that Reggie Jackson will start, which does mean that the backup point guard will be Colin Gillespie, who's been playing well, like genuinely, like if you guys, if anyone hasn't watched, Colin's been playing well. He played legitimately like, I think almost 20 minutes a week, uh, a couple games ago. He was Um, getting third quarter minutes. Um, Yeah. Yeah. He's scoring a little bit passing well um he had his first nba points before cam and jermaine did mm-hmm. cool um culture on culture. the cam and jermaine let's jermaine fucking side. go cg i love to hear that yeah. True. on the cam and jermaine cam and jermaine side uh both of them went that's down to the g league which isn't a bad thing that's just what happens um jermaine is on a two-way so that was naturally going to happen anyways cam 
Like we all like when you talk about playing basketball and be, being a young player, Cam's I think the fifth youngest player in the league. You need reps, and the Rockets are weirdly kind of good. They're actually beating the Lakers by thirty right now. Uh, the Rockets are weirdly kind of just good um, because they went and got Fred Lee and Dylan Brooks, and so without diving into that, there's just not really opportunity for Cam to go and play. And like, if you want the way I'll describe it is if you have, if you draft a player, you play, they, they get get molded to their opportunity. And so if you took cam and you just put him in like, Hey, we don't want you to do anything else. We're going to plug you in the corner. He's just going to develop like that. And they don't, that's not what you want. That's not why you drafted cam 20th. That's not why you would have drafted him fourth or whenever, like anyone was thinking about him. It's because of everything that he can do. So you want to let him go find the limits of his game. And you, the best place to do that is in the G league where, Cam's going to be take. I guarantee you, Cam will take twenty five shots in his first G League game. Like that's just going to happen because it's going to be like go explore your game, and then we'll hone it down to like what works, and like you can work on the rest. So, not a bad thing. Um, it's kind of expected. He'll bounce back and forth. Um, but shout out to Cam for his first NBA buckets. Uh, I think on Sunday. Um, same thing with Jermaine Samuel, who Jermaine Samuels who hit a free throw the game prior, but then had a couple of layups um, in his most recent game. Uh, but both of them are going to be down in the G League. Kyle Lowry's just Kyle Lowry at this stage. We, there's nothing much to Old say. Old man Kyle. Old man Kyle. He's doing his thing. Um, JRE is one rebound away from a double-double with the Pelicans that he signed with uh, last week or the week before. He chose yeah. a – he opted for – a two-way contract with the Pelicans where he saw a path to more playing time, I think, than other options that he had for full NBA contracts with other teams. Um, that was the report, at least. Yeah. Well, I uh, thought that was a weird decision, but I was like, you know what? Yeah, interesting. But, you know, the Pelicans are one of those teams for non-NBA sickos. Like, the Pelicans are one of those teams that cannot stay healthy for the life of them. Like yeah. Zion just Jeremiah, yeah, games. Jeremiah started tonight. So yeah. that like they're they needed depth pieces and he saw that as an opportunity to play. I think Mikhail has scored at least twenty in every game so far this season. Um, Pelicans always not tonight now. actually. Mikhail only had ten, but they beat the Clippers, so that's all that matters. Um, Mikhail almost flirted with a triple double actually, um, but and then um, Sadiq's been fine. Like I don't think he Hawks are playing well. well. Yeah, yeah. Pocs are playing well. Sadiq's been like a fine part of that overall. He's probably, I mean, I'm not looking at his numbers. I'm going to make a guess. He's probably averaging around like 12 and like just on decent numbers. Yep. He's averaging exactly 12.1. Look at me. Uh, and then like on pretty decent like shooting splits. So he's been looking fine as well. When Rob and I started this segment in 2018, there was two players. To it was, it was, <laughs> it was called the heart monitor because Josh Hart was the only other player than Kyle Lowry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think Randy Foy was still there at that point in time. But, but like, yeah, it's actually fucking crazy. And maybe Cunningham. But it's actually crazy. How, like, we, like this this segment goes forever now. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. I think we're – am I forgetting one too? Or do we hit everybody? Right, Cole Swider. Yeah, sure. Cole Swider. Uh, uh, we Slater, we haven't had the debate of if we could lay claim. Um. <laughs> oh. Also, another lay claim thing, like Quinterly was a one and done, so he came for the one season and then he left. So has his NBA career been going well as a former five-star one and done guy? 
Yeah, he plays for Memphis. Yeah, yeah, he's he's he had like eight points in this game last time. But yeah, uh, hey, I, you're you're getting paid to play. You can't complain. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, it was his fifth choice for a reason. Yeah. Oh my god. Um, do we have anyone else to bully before? <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, I can. Yeah. We, can, we can always find we, someone we to bully. Can go down the yeah. list. I mean, you want me to just yeah. rip Twitter right now? I can just keep um, going. Trevor, Brandon, how's the women's team this year? Do you, I know that you've Nova, Nova women's team uh, opens up on Friday at Portland, hoping to exact some revenge on behalf of the men's team last year. Portland, um, Maine, or Portland, Oregon? I believe Portland, Oregon. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, they play Friday night. Um, Pretty cool. Maddie Segrist, I don't know if we touched on this. She came back and in the WNBA offseason will have a role as a kind of like special assistant advisor kind of deal with the women's team. Um, So she is back on campus. I saw her at homecoming. Um, So she is back in town, which is always good to have the greatest player your program has produced to be around. Um, yeah, they play Portland Friday at like nine o'clock. It looks like on yeah. ESPN Plus. Lucy Olson's season starts. Lucy Olson's team. Oh yeah, Willie's a big Lucy Olson. Loose dog, but the biggest fan. I'm so excited for her to take a leap. I just love watching Lucy Olson play basketball. She does. She plays. She has. A, she plays a fun brand of point guard. It's true. Um, that's it. Right, they kind of covered everything. So yeah, there's no one else to bully. I think we're good. I drank a whole whiskey. Whiskey or tequila? Uh, I drank a whole tequila, and I'm just about to finish a whole whiskey. So oh, Chris is having a night. Jeez, Chris. I mean Wednesday. Whiskey Wednesday. It's a full (laughs) forty. I've been doing this for seven years. I know, but. but... I meant just switching up midway is uh, it's a bold move. Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. Like, I, I'm one of those people who, like, just throws bullshit on all alcohol. Like, oh, I switched too much. I had too many different types of alcohol. And I'm like, yeah, that doesn't – that's not how it works. That's the buddy. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> if you could speak to you me get, last week. You get hungover <laughs> or drunk or whatever or get sick because you had too much. It had nothing to do – with the type, the alcohol is the alcohol, or you're allergic to something. Yeah, I was gonna say there's a lot of people with mix. gin allergies that don't know that, like for yes. real, and they get crazy. And you have to explain them, like, "Hey, you're an insane person when you drink that one." Kind of <laughs> right. so maybe I'm allergic to red wine because it seems like an offline chemistry of how you're processing it for real. No, Willie, look, red wine. I fucking love red wine. Right, me, me like, too. I'm Italian. Love red wine. It's kind of like part of the part of the shtick, right? But like. But like red wine gives me hangovers like fucking crazy. Like, like the red wine hangovers are horrendous. Yeah, you give me some red wine and I'm liable to say something. So we don't need to talk about <laughs> All right. On that note. On that note, red wine is the drink of choice for next next week. I'm going to drink an episode and drink nothing but red wine and it's going to be off the rails. I'm going to tell we're you. We're not going to tell you which one, but the audience will know. Yeah, judging by the fact that you're the only person who keeps any episode on the rails, I this needs to happen. <laughs> Willie's like, I want to talk ball, 
And Trevor and I are like, we want to. Did you see this thing that happened on Twitter? (laughs) Yeah. 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 I'm I'm sitting here just like, I'm just sitting here like the next episode, I'm going to do a full Twitter rundown of all their fan bases. And Willie's like, can I talk about how many points Jeremiah Robinson Earl has? Like, like, I want to talk about the scheme that the Knicks are using for Dante and Josh's yeah. action in the second quarter. I mean, if you, yeah. if you if you've seen the beauty of a Spain pick and roll, baby, like it's just it's really great. It is great, especially when they're long. Yeah. All right, we can end this. Come on, yeah, that's, that's exactly how it should. Ryan, put everybody out of their misery. Yeah, thank you everybody for listening, and as always, let's go Nova.